welcome to Three Blondes, One Battle. Um, today, it's actually just one blonde, just me. Um, I am actually going to interview someone super special. Um, I actually found him recently. I'm not quite sure how I found your book. I, I, I'm not sure, but I ordered it. I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know this guy. Um, his name is Robbie and he's coming from the UK. Uh, so that's what we're going to discuss today is his book and a little bit about who he is and how he got started with, um, writing and, um, yeah. So welcome Robbie. Thank you. Thank you. This, yeah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice, nice to meet you. I think it's so cool. So I was on your Facebook page, which by the way, we're totally going to put that in the show notes. I love your new link tree. Cause it has all like where everything about you, like where you can click on it, you can order your book, you can go to your Facebook, you can go to your Twitter, you can go everywhere. Like I love it. It was genius. So great job recently for adding that. You're welcome. Um, but I was on there and I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, this is something that really in the MS world, I, you know, being diagnosed 17 years ago, I have always and always being on social media, I tend to meet the coolest people doing the coolest things when it comes to multiple sclerosis and nobody's ever done what you're doing. So, you know, I, I think, you know, when, when we are ourselves, we're like, oh, there's nothing special about that. But other people looking into what you're doing, especially that have been in this world for so long, it's incredible. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. You. And thank your you. wife, you know, reading your book, um, and I'll have this in the show notes, um, Thoughts of a Warrior. I, it, it's actually funny when you said your wife is actually the one um, that told you, no, you should actually really do something with these thoughts. So we'll totally talk about that. But um, let's start with what's your diagnosis story? Because I feel like everybody in the MS community, they always like to hear that because then they can relate with it, especially if they're newly diagnosed. I was diagnosed twice. Um, Yeah, yeah, I was diagnosed twice. Um, In 2014, I, I had like, what you would say, like stroke symptoms. I froze at work, like my body just went like dead numb. I couldn't move. I was, I was sort of stuck building a kitchen cupboard and uh, I just couldn't move for ages. And then I, I, I magically came back to normal. It was amazing, about 15 minutes later. And then uh, I just I just went home straight to the doctors and then you have all of these tests, on the scans on the brain, scans on the throat to make sure I didn't have a stroke. And then I had all these little symptoms. My hand would curl shut like this. My eyes would go weird. I'd get crazy headaches. And then I'd be off balance. And then it took about a year, um, lumbar punch and things like this. And then they diagnosed me with MS. And then I moved. I thought, all right, if I've got MS and I'm going to get sick, I'm going to move to a nicer part of the country. So I moved. And then when I got there, they said, okay, well, we're going to take that diagnosis away from you and say that it's only probable because it could be vasculitis. It could be. CIS, sent, yeah, CIS, um, I can't remember, inflammatory just syndrome, something, I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, they said it could be something else. So they made me do all of the tests again. So another lumbar punch, more MRI scans. Stop it, wait, um, wait, you got a spinal tap twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to. The, the first time, the first time, I put in my book that it was a little bit uncomfortable um but that that would be a slight 
under exaggeration of how I felt about the spinal tap. I'm genuinely quite fine with any medical procedure. Just don't tell me about it. So the doctor, he says, I'm laid on the bed already. And he says, I'm going to take this needle. And I'm going to slowly it's like a terrible, <laughs> terrible needle. For those that have never gotten it and you might have to get it, please do not look because you don't want to look. <laughs> just remain calm and ask him to not tell you to just do it. And, and it was fine. But he said to me that I was going to slowly insert it in between the vertebrae and your spine and take it. And I just went pale and panicky and just don't talk to me about it. Um, so sweating, anxiety, and it took about four or five goes for them to actually get it. it really hurt. Um, yeah, it was it was it was horrific. Wait, <laughs> is this yeah, like I, you? Is this like UK medicine? Because whoo, I want to go to the UK and be treated. <laughs> <laughs> but the the second one, the second one, the the second time, she wasn't so bad. But I sort of knew what to expect, so I sort of just gripped my teeth and okay. And I said, "Don't tell me about it. I know what you're going to do. Just let's crack on with it." um yeah wow that sounds fun wait so why did you move so so okay so you were diagnosed why did you move after you're diagnosed so i lived in one part of the country over on the east coast okay. um and then i wanted to move to down southwest it's it's a lovely area um scenery is lovely and everything's really nice and i had family here as well so okay. if anything if i got really ill then i'm in the best part of my my favorite part of the country let's say that i mean my favorite part of the country and then i've got family around and it's a nice place to bring up your kids so and oh, that cool. was the idea yeah, yeah yeah that's what most people do i mean i did that i followed my parents out here to north carolina so um yeah totally get that with the family so what were you doing before you were diagnosed so were you because you're you're 33 right now 34 34. Um, so that means you were in your 20s, like what, 26, 25? Yeah, it's 25, I think. So I guess right at, right before that, I mean, you're pretty young. So did you have yeah. like a career or did you, did you just yeah, go to school? The plan was to, um, Phoenix Installations was the plan, um, an interior design and do bathrooms, kitchens, bedrooms, um, okay. and just all that. I, I really enjoyed it. I really, okay. really enjoyed it. So did you, did your parents or did your dad do that growing up or did you just, um, no, 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 I was, I went through college and, uh, I, I got a job as an apprentice and I just went that way and I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, cool. So to all those kids out there listening, those apprenticeships are very important. <laughs> it's like helps you determine what you want to do for your, uh, for your life. Okay, cool. Well, all right. So since diagnosis, what has so that's like kind of a terrifying uh, uh um way of being diagnosed um and everybody has their own terrifying story by the way so i mean i've heard way worse than yours so I, there's always like a positive spin it can always be worse <laughs> um so what is the last like seven years symptom wise i feel like a lot of people um you know uh listening <clears throat> they also like to know like oh i feel that too or oh i guess i'm not crazy like that's what i go through um, and then if you could kind of lead into that's what, what the whole title of your hashtag and, um, you know, beneath the tracksuit means really. Right. Yeah. So the last seven years I was all right. I still kept a manual job. I was still fitting kitchens um, just for a, a different company. And then I saw it, it was like three years ago, I had a significant relapse, but before that 
it was just if I got too tired, I would burn out. I'd get dizzy. Um, I had to wear an eye patch for I think two months because my eyes just went double vision. And I was I found the doctor up after about three days. The neurologist managed to get back to me, and he said to me, "Just close one eye." That's and so, so I closed one eye. Everything went back to normal. Everything went back to normal. Just close one eye. So okay, every, I, I can see again. It was it was like magic. Just close one eye. So I had to wear an eye patch for, for yeah. about three weeks. Yeah. Um, I came downstairs that morning. That happened. And Donna was standing next to herself. And that was when the first time I noticed it, I was like, there's there's two of her. Well, what what's, what's going on? Um, oh my God. But yeah. So, but yeah, just just close one eye. It's, it's fine. And like that is, that's like the dumbest thing to tell people. It's like, <laughs> uh, just walk around with one eye closed. Like, okay, doc. Like, uh, how about just that eye patch? That might make it a little yeah. easier. <laughs> oh my yeah. god yeah but um so yeah i wore an eye patch for a little while and i had little symptoms like that until about three years ago three or four years ago i always get confused with ms and times and dates but um i was walking home and i just started dragging my foot and i couldn't figure out what it was i just couldn't figure out what it was so i was just dragging it and so i was lifting it up and then i took my shoes off my left foot anyway because it was just dragging and then it was easier because my right foot was higher than my left sure. Yeah. And it just got worse as the days went on. But that just happened as quick as that. And then my balance got worse. And I was just getting really, really bad. And then I obviously called my MS nurse and they sent me in for scans. And then I've got new scars that flashed up everywhere and one at the top of my spinal column. Mm -hmm. And and then it just put me there. Now, so I've always got dropped foot. I'll just drag it around everywhere unless I wear a splint or my FES. And then my balance is shot as well because I'm assuming because of my leg. So I'm walking on, on so I'm just always shot out of balance. Yeah. Always get tired. I'm always tired. If anybody ever asks me how I am, tired is genuinely the answer. I'm just tired. Um, but like I, mentally, I are you like mentally tired or are you like fatigued? Like are your legs just fatigued or is your brain tired? Uh, all of it. All huh. of it. I, yeah, I struggle. I struggle with a lot a lot of the time it's really annoying yeah it's really annoying and then um and four weeks ago four weeks ago I went to see my neurologist then he gave me a neurological exam uh, the neurological exam uh -huh. and we've I had recent scans but I've had an influx of symptoms influx of symptoms and the recent scan said no nah, there's no new inflammation but you are getting significantly worse so he said at 34 we're looking at secondary progressive right now so and this is this is where we are yeah, yeah. um do you let that do are you are you kind of like a man okay secondary progressive or do you take that really seriously and like let that bother you well i've i've known for like a year or so because i've been for scans the last three years so my relapse was four years ago the last three years i've been for scans and there's nothing new there but you know you can feel how bad you're getting because mm -hmm. the doctor can't feel how bad you are he can only go from what you're saying so he's going no 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 you're you're okay you're okay it's just a flare-up they say or it's just um just the weather it's too hot but mm -hmm. you can feel it inside you that this ain't right this isn't the weather because it's like now october and it's not hot anymore sure um, so yeah i think i saw it coming me and me and Donna, we was we knew it was coming, but it, so it was like a release, relief when he said to me, 
we're looking at secondary because then it, I'm not crazy anymore. I know I'm getting sicker. I know I am. I know I am. But it's not. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. But I'm just glad there's confirmation to what I'm feeling. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like you know, um, you could wallow in it and you can make it mm-hmm. worse, or you can just accept it and you're like, okay, now I know. Great, cool. Yeah. Um, the drop foot is very common. So I would say most of us do have that to an extent. Um, I do. I mean, my right, my right foot is always kind of, kind of dry, you know, like Dylan will be like, mom, why are you walking so loud? I'm like, I have to like, come on kid. Like, you know, my leg. So, um, yeah. So I feel like a lot of us, but you actually have, and I don't know if this device is, um, is in the in the US maybe it's just you know how every con everybody does things differently across the country yeah. but what is the thing that you're wearing and you do you wear it all the time or is it just on bad bad drop foot days uh I've, I've always got the same level of bad drop foot it's, it's always just shot um okay. but so I wear it if I go out pretty much so if I'm uh going to perform or if I'm going to the shop or if something like that, then I'll wear it because I genuinely don't walk anywhere. Um, around the house and that, I just drag my foot everywhere. Sure, you should yeah. see my socks. They've all got like holes in one foot where I just drag it around. <laughs> you see the cotton pattern on the carpet where I've been. <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> I, I do, I just drag it around the house. Um, yeah, well, just drag what's it the thing that you wear? Because I don't, I've never, I've never met anyone that has that. So that's why I was saying, is that a UK thing or... No, I've met a few, I haven't met, but I've spoken to a few people in America that have it. It's called a functional electronical stimulator. Okay. I think, I think, but that's what it's called. FES is what I mean. It's just two pads, two electric pads, and they stick on the side of your thigh, stick on the side of your, no, calf, stick on the side of your calf. Yeah. And then there's a pressure pad in your shoe. Okay. So when you lift your shoe off the floor, you get in a little electric shock on the side of your calf, which then brings your foot up. Okay. Which is, yeah, and, and it works a treat. It, it does. It works a treat. I've got a splint as well, but it all depends on what shoes I'm wearing to, to yeah. what I wear. Oh, no, that makes sense. So it's like electro stimulation. So, I mean, I have the yeah. same thing. I have that same little, like, and then you can adjust it. You can adjust the knobs. It doesn't yeah. sound can you do that with that yeah and then it has like a cord and it goes up to the little box yeah Yeah. so yeah so that's common actually um and you can put it like on your thigh you can put it on your hamstring you can put it wherever but i've just never heard of it for drop foot um that's really interesting but it would make sense and it's not like it's not like shocking like you know it's like this little if anybody's ever done like uh alternative uh treatment like um naturopathic doctors they do stuff like that. Uh, E-STEM is what it's called. Um, or chiropractors do it sometimes. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. So is that why you call, so, to, so tell us why, um, you say beneath the tracksuit, is that why? Because there's stuff under there that, I mean, that's what I just assumed, but then I also know a little bit more about you, but why don't you tell us? <clears throat> what in my book, there's a poem beneath the tracksuit, which is where the name come from um because this was talking to people in a disabled bay and they're looking at me in one way i've got a flat peak hat and a tracksuit on why am i parking in a disabled bay i don't look like i should but um 
that's the stigma of it right so you can't see what's going on beneath you can't see when I have leg wraps on or my arm wraps on because my arms and muscles just hurt you can't see the burning that's going on you can't see the shakes or the spasms you can't see again my FES and and splints like that so you don't know what's going in beneath the tracksuit whether it be mentally or physically or anything I'm wearing you can't see beneath it there's a whole story beneath the tracksuit that's so good that's like so powerful it's so good so so how did you come up with that so that was your first um was that your first poem no no my first poem was this time that's in the book as well I was upstairs and Donna was doing something in the bedroom and I got a pen and paper and I just started writing I leant over the bed and I started writing she said what are you doing I was like writing a poem because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really embarrassed I was really embarrassed because um, I'm, I'm a bloke beer, football I'm a bloke stigma again, blokes don't write poetry mm. so, but here I am writing a poem yeah. and um, it, it was a real good way of release, real good way of release um, at the time I'd been writing a thought diary and my thought diary was rubbish it was like on Monday, I feel like crap. On Tuesday, I feel like rubbish. On, on Wednesday, I'm all right. Um, and people say put some context into it, but I wasn't very good at it. So this was my way of getting out my feelings. And I, I, I enjoyed it because then it came into verses and poems and, and, and just like smart little rhymes. And, and, and that was really helpful to me. And I, I really, but I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Men don't write poetry in my head. Oh, I was going to say, oh, a lot of men. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. Well, a friend told me, a friend told me that the guy that actually proofread my book the first time, his name's Greg. And he actually said to me, no, that's wrong. That's, that's wrong. And in the back of the book, it says like uh, a scallard um, is used to be a warrior poet from like the year thousands and things where they used to go and have big ma- massive battles and then come back and write poetry about it. As, so that made me sort of feel better like big, I mean, massive that, warrior you, that, that brought the testosterone yeah, That's yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm a man yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that made me feel a bit yeah alright I can live with this yeah it's good um, and yeah and, and he told me that and so automatically took all of that stigma away now yeah. I'm cool as well so that's interesting that you say so I do you know for a lot of people that are uh, more on the creative side um journaling is just kind of what I always like I love journaling some people love it some people don't but there's a difference you say between um so so journaling is great however you had mentioned that you would journal and it would all be like negative stuff like and so you would reread it and you're like oh my god my life sucks so <laughs> would it kind of would it kind of make you like even more depressed going back reading it so then at yeah. that point you're like okay I need to do something with this I need to like be creative and use my mind and I guess let's do poetry is that kind of how uh, well, the poets the thing it just sort of happened it just sort of happened I just picked up there was a pad next to the side of my bed and I just went on the bed and I just started writing and and it just came out like that and it and it, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the feeling it gave me because it was something so positive out of my own thoughts in my head. And it wasn't like I ever thought, yeah, I'm going to write it. It was just yeah. sort of instantaneous. I'm going to write this. And I did. And, and it helped. And then I carried on. 
and yeah. carried on. It all depended on what mood I'm in or, or how I'm feeling or what's gone on. And I still do now all the time, but I don't write on paper so much. Now I've found a little app that you can do it on your phone. Oh, what app is that? Google Notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like expecting like this cool app. You're like, Google, Nikki. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So I love that. So that is definitely, so when you, so as far as like being more kind of on the depressive, uh, cause MS is very unknown, right? Like MS, we don't know when it's going to hit. We don't know if it's going to stay permitted or come back. It's very like, it's, it's the disease of the unknown. So would you say that writing, you know, for, for somebody listening, um, writing will actually release kind of those those sad thoughts and make you feel does it make you feel better after you write it all down it definitely makes things clearer okay. and it, and you can say it makes me feel better as well because especially with poetry because now I can look back at it and I made something awesome mm-hmm. out of it so it's like if you were, there's I know a painter um Atom and he paints he's got MS and he paints and his is fantastic. His it's, paintings it's fantastic. are amazing. Aren't they right? Aren't they right? He sent me, he sent me some. He sent me some from, from where you are. Um, he did? From, from America. What, what state is he in? Do you know? Is it California? He's in California, yeah. I figured. I mean, those, yeah. dra- those are like incredible. Um, yeah. Well, I love when you said that um, Jelly Roll inspired you, that when you were listening to his songs, he's actually kind of the one that inspired you to, uh, you know, actually make something from your thoughts. Is that true? He definitely helped me, helped me in writing for sure. He definitely helped me. I was already writing before I listened to him. Um, But Donna showed me him when I was really struggling and I listened to Save Me and Jelly Roll, the, the song saved me and it just hit me like, like really there and and then from then on I just became a prolific listener and I just I listen to him quite regular some of his work is just blows my mind just blows yeah. my mind it's brilliant and I like that part because music is a big part of my life as well and I just feel like there's such power in music but then there's also power in what you're doing as well and not a lot of people talk about it so I I just wanted to bring up that as well um hmm. okay so how did you come up with so okay so you go from writing on just like a piece of paper right and then and then your wife is like well you should actually do something with those so how did you go from like you should actually do something with those to an actual book like how did you do this but she said, share it. I said, no, no way. Um, this is my thought diary. Yeah, this is my thought diary. I'm not sharing it. Would you share your journal with someone? Say, yeah, I'll read this. Yeah, no, I yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, 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 no. So I said, no, I said, no. Um, but and then after a little while, of a, yeah, then I was like, okay. All right, maybe, maybe, all right. I could, maybe I can do this. Okay, I've got quite a few. And now maybe I can I can share maybe I'm so nervous so nervous I just said as long if I get more um, followers and I've got friends I only had 143 friends so sort of figured 150 followers with MS would be great and then it just grew and grew and grew. You got and way then, more than that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm persistently writing, 
I ended up with a whole load, a whole lot of poetry. And lots of it is about different sort of things about being diagnosed and about the pain and, and then about other people and how the public see you. So it was, I'd already had a book written almost. Oh, okay. So, and then it came, yeah, okay, why not write a book? And then Donna's like, write a book. It, it could be good. And it, all right, all right, I'm good. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And it took me a few months to put it all together and to finish, polish it all off. Um, but when I first wrote it, I gave it to my friend and said, would you mind proofreading it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't worry, there'll be like a couple of mistakes in there. Every page, every page, there was all mistakes and grammar issues. And, and then I didn't realise how bad I was at English in, in until, he, until he brought this back to me. Um, but then I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, and then uh, four proof copies later, and then it was finished. And I was like, this is really good. This is really good. And then, yeah, and everybody got quite excited about it. And now it's been sold all around the world. So Yeah, it's everywhere. So here's the thing, though. Like, how did you find, so it's made in the USA, Columbia, South Carolina. So how do you find somebody? Did you draw this? I didn't draw it. I just a photo. Right. Okay. So how did you, like, how? Like, it's genius, right? So, like, you had to have somebody take your picture. Then you had to have somebody put it on a book. Then you had to, like, find, like, I don't know, is it called a publisher? Like, how did you, like, how? Did you know all these so people? You said, as when I said about Google Notes, you laughed. Okay, so I actually wrote my book in Google Stop. on my phone. I did most of it in bed. I, I did most of it in bed. And then I went into Amazon KDP, which is self-publisher. Um, so, and then my daughter is a fantastic photographer and she takes most of my photos. Oh, this so is she, she took the photo. Stop it. So she took the photo. And I, I did it all in Amazon, and and I, I did it, I did it all. It's it's all in house. Me, my wife, and my daughter, with and my son as well. But it's it's all like a there's a family behind beneath the tractor. How old are your kids? My daughter's thirteen, and my son is nine. Stop. So she at thirteen, she. Okay. I'm blown away. And the reason I'm mentioning this, because if y'all haven't read his book, like if you haven't bought this book, you have to do this because I read it and I was like, well, first off, I love how it's an easy read. I like the size of the print. I like how it's just so, I don't know. It just like flows so easily. And then it, it makes you feel like, I felt like I knew you. And so, I mean, that's why, I mean, I reach out to people anyway, but like, that's why I, I had no, like, you know, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I'm totally reaching out to this guy on Facebook. I can, you can find anyone these days on social media. Um, but it made me think, and I, I tell you what, my 13 year old, I was like, oh my gosh, read this. Like, just read this. He's like, I don't like poems. I don't like poems. I'm like, I know, but just read like this one. And then he's like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, that's a poem. Like, so people are using this as an example, like to teach their kids, like me, like most of our kids don't know what a poem is. And then also like, they're not alone. Like he, Dylan's not the only one that has to take care of his parent, right? Like there was something about your, your, yeah your son um I think there's a poem about your son isn't there or was it about your daughter yeah. 
daddy is there's a poem about both of them one of each one of each yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm like you're so it just makes them realize and I know Dylan you know I know Dylan he's been in this kind of world of multiple scars so he knows I'm not the only one but for other people that might be in another country and their parent is the only one they know with MS it's very it's it's beneficial because they're like, oh, I guess mom's not, you know, the only one. I freaking love your book. And actually, after I called my mom and I'm like, you got to read this guy's book. Like, I think, I think I could do, could I do this? Can I do this? And she's like, yeah, okay, Nikki. Like you can't, the, you, there's no way that you can like say like all your million words in this, li uh, like a, cause I want it this size, right? Like this is very mm -hmm. easy read, but I don't think I can like, I don't, I don't think I can do it because I have too many words. Anyway, I think it's perfect. I love it so much. Um, Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So what are some things coming up for you? Because now I think that people are realizing like, oh my gosh, who's this Robbie guy? And I don't think it's just local. Um, I think obviously people in the US are starting to, you know, want to get to know you. So kind of what's going on in your world event-wise and what you've got coming, coming up? Okay, so... So I, I perform on stage. I read my poems. I read my poetry on stage. And I got an opportunity to record a track. Okay. So I put my poems, I put one of my poems to music. And that was supposed to be released on Spotify on the 24th of September because it's attached to an album. But that's going to be released early October. I'm waiting for that. That's really good. I really like this. I really like it. When I first heard it, it made me cry. So there's the first song track or the no song poetry poetry to music so spoken word it's called i'm a spoken word artist yes apparently as well as a poet as, as well as a motivational speaker i don't know i don't know you, you put it together and that's me um so i've recorded that and then there's future prospects in the future to work more with the same music producer and then i just recorded something with a, a different poet being 13 and he recorded the track that damage which is on my profile he recorded that for me did you say he was 13 no his name's been 13 oh i'm like wait he's 13 with ms <laughs> okay sorry go, no, go no, on no, no. No, he doesn't have ms he doesn't have MS. oh okay okay um and me and atom we've we've got plans in here that we're gonna put into fruition oh, that, is that yeah. is that fruition yeah yeah, yeah. um but writing, I'm always writing. Um, yes, I'm always writing um, the second book in the future. This I don't want to say like, it's all coming, it's all coming, because then I get this overwhelming pressure. Sure, yeah, um, then you get anxiety, you don't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's there's stuff to come because obviously I'm, I'm really ill all the time. I'm always ill, I'll come off this and I'll flake back to bed or something like that. But um, it's, it's all there and I'm always trying, I meet amazing people all over the world with MS and I get all of these opportunities because of MS and I definitely wouldn't have been a writer if I didn't have MS because mm -hmm. I definitely wasn't um, and I just sort of take each day as it comes and I have all of these fantastic ideas that come in and then I get overloaded sometimes because I get too excited and then I have to remember I can't do it all at once because I'm so ill and this book I managed to do on my phone in my bed which was easy you can do that poorly it was it was easy for me then um but and then as things progress further I've got to try and manage it carefully let's say yeah <laughs> keep, keep going forward with it keep going forward with it sure 
And I feel like that's where the cliche blessed with MS comes in. It's like, okay, okay. But then if you really take a step back and think what you just said, okay, we would not be where we are right now meeting the people that we are able to meet had we not gone through all the crap, right? The crap that we didn't want. Yeah, I agree. Look, like it's so cool. (laughs) No, I agree. I, I, I agree. I'm very very lucky like they say you pull your talent from your pain and and that's what i did i I would have laughed at somebody before if they said yeah you're gonna write a book on poetry my my brother said this to me my my youngest brother he asked before it was about to be released he phoned me up and he said you wrote a book he said out of all of the things you've done you wrote a book i would have never seen that one come and and i agree with him i agree completely agree yeah, it's, it's here. It's, it's still here. It's still here. <laughs> so good. Still okay. Here. Well, thank you so much. I know you have to pick up your kids. So, um, so for those listening, yes, his book is called Thoughts of a Warrior Beneath the Tracksuit. You can get it on Amazon. That's where I got it. I highly recommend you buy it. Um, and again, like I said in uh, well, before we started, it doesn't necessarily, it's not just applicable for multiple sclerosis because honestly, most Most of these poems, I had in my head some other folks that are battling other illnesses and other diseases that it's just as applicable for. So um, don't think to yourself like, oh, I don't have MS. I don't need to read it. No, it's like, it's amazing. So you need to get it. So I will definitely share that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Is there anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, No, this is where I get all embarrassed. I don't know what to say. Stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah. but no, thank you for having me. And um, anybody that's listening, just stay strong. That's stay strong and just keep going forward. Yes. Going forward. There's always going to be good. It's coming. It might not be right now, right the second you might feel like poop, but it's coming. So there's hope. And um, yeah, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye.